What the hell was the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix? I don't know anything. Any what stuff happened? Oh my lord! Um, hello, uh, welcome to the Winging It F1 podcast. Well, me, Freddie Coates, and him, Nigel Chu, just the two of us are going to say things that happened yesterday in Saudi Arabia, and then have opinions on it, and then probably change them immediately after we've stopped recording and then have to stand by it and then not know what's gone on and then the season will finish before we know what's happened in Saudi Arabia. Um, what the hell happened in Saudi Arabia, Nigel? Oh, I'll tell you what, Freddie, that has to be one of the most controversial motorsport or sporting events I have ever seen. It was absolutely off the scale and it was so so much happened i couldn't believe it i was and i think i was laughing at some of the things that happened it was that uh controversial and yeah i mean i'm still not i'm still not sure what to make of it all but in a way it's just peak f1 whether it's a good thing or a bad thing but we might never see a championship fight like this ever again it is just absolutely unbelievable yeah, I know what you mean with peak F1. Where I'm from, um, for a bit of my childhood, peak meant bad, and it also meant good. Mm. So, yeah. who knows? <laughs> I think that works very well um, to describe it. Um, normally, for these sort of podcast run-throughs, we either talk about the talking point, talk about the winner first, that kind of thing. I remember when we did um, Armagello podcast, we spoke at first about the big crash at the start. Mm. Um, but I think with this one we've discussed this obviously it's a good thing to do this chronologically because to put a sort of ranking on everything that's happened in this race um would just be confusing to discuss because we'd be like oh well let's talk about this incident and it's like well that was that incident but this was this incident and every incident is actually not an incident and it's all um a conspiracy that's going to be unfolded and it's actually michael mazzy's fault but who knows <laughs> we don't and um Anyway, the whole thing's controlled by lizards, but whatever. Um, but let's start with something that was a bit more uh, steady. Let's go back to qualifying. Sassy night, Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, on a street track that isn't actually streets. It's just a racing track with walls. Um, we had a standard qualifying session. Nigel, what happened? Wow. <laughs> I don't think it was anything but steady, Freddie, and I didn't mean that that was not meant to rhyme, but it did. Uh, well, <laughs> it was pretty normal until Q3, the end of Q3, when, uh, well, Verstappen was fastest and Hamilton put in a fantastic lap to go quicker. And then in the last minute, it was all about watching Verstappen because Hamilton was on his way back to the pits. And that lap was absolutely out of this world until the final corner. He was up against the walls everywhere, nothing left on the table. Full send. I don't think I've seen a lap where you visibly, especially the modern F1 cars, to visibly see the speed, the direction change, the commitment. It was just absolutely incredible. And it would have been probably the greatest qualifying lap I have ever seen. Uh, in F1 in the 15 years or so I've been watching F1 it was just out to this world but then he made that mistake and I think so he, break, he said he breaks at the same point with Stafford at the final corner but I think because he was carrying a tiny bit more speed 
than the previous lap. That's why he locked up. And then he tried to carry on. That's probably the mistake. He, if he lifted out of it, yeah, he might have not have had pull anyway, but we tried to get on the throttle and it was never really going to happen, so he hit the wall. But up until that final corner, my word, that was just an outrageous lap from, from Max Verstappen. Just, wow. I um I gave him the the kind of equivalent of a commentator's curse. I think it was my fault um, because I was watching no, it. We watched it on Sky Girls for two minutes behind. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching it um, where I was watching it and I was on the edge of my seat watching it happen. It was like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. It's it's up, 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 up. He's he's up, he's up, he's up. And then after sector two, the sector two split when that final sort of DRS zone, because really sector three was nothing. Um, I was like, okay, that's that's the hard bit done. This is the easy bit. He's got this in the bag. And I said it, and I never say that. I'm all big, like when you get commentators who like, this guy's going to win this race and it's the start of the final lap. Like, no, don't say it. Don't say it till they cross the line. But I was like, okay, that's the hard bit done. This is the easy bit now. And then he hit the wall. And I was like, oh, for goodness sake. Um, but yeah, I, exactly, you're exactly right with um, him saying he breaks in the same place. The traces, he actually braked a little bit earlier. And it was just, oh, yeah, wow. his closing speed was so much higher because like he's, the, the, the original speed through turn 24, whatever it is, was ridiculous. And that quarter is something else. It's rewards everyone for that kind of commitment. And I think, yeah, if there a few people are comparing to Singapore, 2018 from Lewis, that perfect lap um, in terms of just absolute perfection. But I think this one had a little bit on it in that it had, would have had a little bit on it in that it had sure. just, I don't know, there was fingertips. Yeah, It, it I, felt I perfect. Right. Yeah, and, you know, penultimate race of the season, penultimate qualifying of the season, of the season knowing your championship rival is ahead as well. Yeah. To do it in the last minute of Q3, I think Houghton in Singapore, it was, it was the first run and stuff, and it, there was still seven or eight races left. You know, this was just, oh my God, the, the way the car was moving around was just out of this world, and the commitment, I cannot explain how much bravery it, it took to do that up against the walls, and unfortunately just one corner too many. <laughs> one corner too many, and on a 27 corner track, that's actually kind of fair enough um, when you think about it like that. Um, but obviously, while we were on board with Verstappen's lap, Bottas managed to just jump in for second. And that meant that Verstappen then started the Grand Prix in third. There was no, um, no need to take a gearbox penalty. Um, yeah. Rebel deemed that absolutely fine. And at the time, I, I kind of agreed with them. I everyone obviously concerned about it, obviously with Charles Leclerc's um heartbreak in Monaco earlier in the season. Um, but really, did you did you really think there was that they should have taken a gearbox penalty at the time? Were you thinking they need to do this, or would you think, okay, it was only a third gear corner, really? And at, that was the sort of the slowest point of the circuit, apart from turn one where he hit the wall. No idea to be honest, really. Uh I think. <laughs> What I will say is Red Bull operationally generally get it right strategically as well to get things right more than, say, Ferrari, who have a history mm. of getting the odd thing wrong here and there. So whatever decision Red Bull took, 
I always believed they would do the right thing and they did do the right thing because the game box was fine. So I don't really have an opinion of whether they should have done it. If I if I had a gun to my head, I'd probably probably say be cautious, take the five good players penalty. But yeah, you know, uh they did the right thing in the end. So you can't, you know, they, that was a great move actually, because they easily could have could have gone cautious, but that's not the Red Bull mentality. That yeah, precisely the mentality that we've that's definitely um come more through the turbo hybrid era for Red Bull than previously, where it's aggressive strategies going doing something different just for the sake of it because it might do something and it's definitely a max Verstappen strategy we saw us in Qatar where um he you know second place was sealed they could have toodled around they could have controlled it but he was they was still like okay all right well let's just have some fun let's try and do something let's be a little bit eccentric with it and that's you know just to give it a go and that definitely that mentality has definitely served them quite well I think and it's it's been born out of the it has come from um the sort of heart hard um hardship of being off the pace in 2014 catastrophically off the pace in 2015 and then having a resurgence in 2016 kind of giving them a bit of like okay well if we're a bit aggro a bit out there we can push it a bit and that's worked for the wonders this year um and that, I think that's gonna that speaks a lot of what we've seen from Rebel, I think. But obviously, let's move on to the race. Overnight, we had time to wait and just be like, oh my goodness, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? Mercedes are gonna they're gonna walk it, is there going to be chaos? There are a lot of nerves going to this race. Um, and then at the start, everyone made it through lap one. Yeah. Um first 12 laps were clean. <laughs> First, ten laps, sorry. first 10 laps were clean 10 laps we had um, Hamilton and Bottas controlling the pace exploring how much they could push realising they could push a bit more and have a decent, get decent gap so that Bottas wouldn't be affected by Hamilton but would be able to um, close up if need be keep close enough to strategically be a hindrance to Verstappen for obvious reasons and Hamilton could pull away if necessary um, this is what's all being debated between the Merck strategy. And then we got to lap 10 where Mike, Mick, Michael Schumacher's son, Mick, oh my, uh, 20, 21st race of the year. Finally, it was going to happen at some point. Um, Michael Schumacher, goodness me. Um, Mick Schumacher's Haas went into the wall. Um, and there we had a safety car. And what happened under the safety car, Nigel? Well, Hamilton and Bottas pitted, Verstappen didn't, and it looks like uh, Red Bull made a massive mistake. But then the red flag came out, which saved them. Uh, and in fact, in a way, it's one of those things where being not being first is better. So Verstappen's mistake in qualifying helped him because he was third, and that put him in the position to uh, be in the lead because of the red flag. You can change your tyres, you can change anything on the car. So it's one of those weird situations. But and what the one thing I'll say on this is we didn't see any footage uh, of the barrier being repaired. That's all I'm gonna say. As yeah. in we didn't see any cranes there, we didn't see any any footage of like them doing anything. Uh, Michael Massey so you do think- or didn't go there. That's all I'm saying. I don't think anything would have happened entertainment wise 
Is that what you're insinuating? Mm-hmm. I think arguably there's an argument. I think you can. Well, the question uh, is, did the barrier have to be repaired? Probably not. Um, but if you if you have any concerns, oh, maybe we'll need to repair this barrier, should probably not have cards going near it. Um, mm. Then, yeah, that's the case. I mean, that's that's kind of discussion isn't is is obviously it took a bit of time because there was a bit of time before the um, we had all the pit stop sequences and the sort of necessary strategy evaluations prior to the red flag even occurring. Um, but I think that decision is made probably with consultancy across the track and across the yeah. um, race control and arguably with Bert Mylander and the safety car team as well, um, um, checking it out as they drive past it when they're at full speed. So yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm hesitant to criticise anything like that. I actually think, yeah, I actually think it was the right decision. I just, I just thought we, we would have seen some footage. Uh, but I, th- I, I kind of agreed with, especially such a high-speed accident as well, mm-hmm. just like the staff at the Silverstone. I think it was the right thing to do. I just thought we would have seen some imagery of it. So, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think re- really, there probably <clears throat> there wasn't really much necessity from an entertainment perspective for footage of the barrier, mostly because we had so much radio chatter from um, the FIA and various teams and from Verstappen to his radio, to his team, from Hamilton to his team about each other, about Bottas backing him up and not getting investigated and stuff like that, which was blatant. That was, Should let's be that honest. Have been investigated? Yes. Yeah. We've seen, been. we've seen Hamilton get a penalty for that in the past. We've seen in, yeah. in Bahrain, I think 2017, um, yeah backed up ricardo and we've seen it a couple of times since where it has been pretty like well you're just doing that because you're being an idiot um Mm. which is i mean yeah i think because the gaps were a little bit spacey at the start of the safety car period anyway and who knows but they he was definitely backed up there um was verstappen every right to complain about that and we heard about that a lot um and then on the way to the grid Lewis was then saying, oh, Max did a practice start. And there was a little replay of that. And he did do a practice start. Um, and I haven't checked the rule book about that. But if someone thinks it's probably against the rules, then it probably is to do it in the fast lane. Didn't Lewis get a 10-second penalty for doing it in an unsafe location in Sochi in 2020? It wasn't yeah, in the pit lane. It was at the exit. But it's still te- is it technically an unsafe location when you're in the fast lane I of the pit lane? I can't remember if there were like specific rules for that track. So for that some tracks to say you can't do it and you can. They had a seem uh, to have a yeah. Sure. It's a weird one, particularly under red flag conditions, um, yeah. which makes everything unique and whatnot. And yeah, exactly. um, <laughs> but anyway, those were two uninvestigated events that arguably garnered an investigation and would be spoken about massively if the rest of the race was boring but the rest of the race wasn't boring because Nigel we went back to racing action go we did uh, well first of all Halton went very slowly to the grid which annoyed Verstappen well, was that the second time round no, no, no that was the first time round that was the first time round because Verstappen was, was ahead round. and then Halton got the jump on Verstappen, a fantastic launch yet again. He had two brilliant launches, Halton, his first two starts, it has to be said. Uh, but Verstappen somehow went round the outside, didn't really make the corner, went across it a bit, and uh, yeah, he's retaken the lead off the track, basically. So Yeah, he came back on yeah. track and sort of straight-lined it 
sort of arguably at a right angle to the direction mm. the car should be going. Um, mm. And then all of the melee for this meant that he wasn't able to give the position back because Ocon had got in between the two of them. And, um, and then there was carnage in, in, the, in the background where we saw um, Perez arguably squeeze Charles Leclerc a little bit too much and then got tapped round and lost his front wing and broke his transmission. Um, and then in that kind of track being blocked, we saw George Russell then have to slow to avoid that which meant that Mazepin hit the back of him in a terrifying accident. That was scary. I did not enjoy watching that replay. Um, and we got another red flag. Halo again. Yeah, I got the halo. halo again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Mazepin, you just had nowhere to go. Didn't react quick enough. At those speeds, you had to react so, so quickly. So I can't really mm. blame him too much. And on the Perez, yeah. with Claude Gasly itself, I don't think anyone can, can really be blamed. Um, maybe Perez was squeezing over, but I'm not sure how. Yeah, Gasly on the other side. Gasly was. Yeah. There you go. So it's just a case of three into one doesn't go. So particularly there. I don't blame anyone for that. Uh, but yeah, you could argue the staff and cause it all because he, he, uh, everyone would have concertinaed, wouldn't they? Uh, behind. That's too so, indirect, though. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. But what's interesting is, I mean, we'll get onto this. He, the way he cut the corner was completely different to later on in the race. And I mm. think he's done it because he knew Hamilton was on the left. So he's he's gone across the curve to, to kind of like block Hamilton off so often goes through. So, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get on to it later. <laughs> I'll, I'll save what I'm going to say. <laughs> well, yeah, so in any normal situation in racing, obviously we know you hand a position back if you overtake off track. And obviously that's, happened in this season and it's happened this weekend in F2 and so on. Um, obviously, Bahrain is the obvious example for Formula One, where Max very easily gave the position back to Lewis after passing him what was fractionally deemed off track then. Um, so that, you know, there's precedent for that. But when there's a car in between, it's naturally much harder. Um, there were, there were um, you know, there's an art to doing it and science did it wonderfully and Austin, where he was mm. overtaken by Norris and then was off track when he got back past him, but then Norris was then passed by Ricardo, then Science let Ricardo back through and then passed him again, something like that, um, which yeah. is a fantastic, you know, fantastic sort of clever driving and it sort of tit for tat worked, worked really. And I think probably we didn't, there was probably some unheard radio and McLaren was like, okay, we're fine with that, move on. But with it being an, another driver, another team, uh, a, a driver like Ocon, who's not really supposed to be there, then it can completely change the face of um, racing etiquette and would really be a slam dunk penalty for Verstappen in that situation. Um, would you say that? Five yeah, slam dunk. I think so. For me, for me, yeah. yeah. But given some of the decisions this year, you never know. But for me, yeah, I think it would be the five second time penalty, yeah. Yeah, let's let's go on us. Let's not try and try and yeah. figure out <laughs> what other people think. Um, yeah. That's like yeah. I mean, I, I sort of a Canada twenty nineteen springs to mind there, but I thought this was. Mm. I, th I I still think this was a deliberate move, and that was an an um a circumstance, if that makes sense. Anyway, um, yeah. So this one um, then became a matter for race control in a rather interesting. Mm interesting way with um, Michael Massey getting involved and laying down an offer to Red Bull saying, 
um, with the, the eventual offer being, okay, well, so currently we're Max P1, Esteban P2, Lewis P3. Um, if you go, if we put Max in P3, that means he's given the position back to Lewis. Um, and then Ocon's on pole, which is fun. Um, and I think, I actually think this is quite neat as a kind of compromise. I thought it was handled so. really appallingly. Um, wow. I, think the, I think the fact that it's then played out over global media is, is, is frankly more laughable than it should be because I think it was actually a really neat way of organising it. I think so as well. And I think the problem is it's an unprecedented situation. We've, you know, we've never had it before. And we've also not had these FIA team radio things until this year. So who knows what kind of agreements or deals have happened in the past. And there's probably been quite a lot. We just don't know about them or haven't heard them. So I didn't mind it personally. And I think the way the way the, the Ocon Hamilton Verstappen order was, I think that was fair. I think that given the situation, that was probably fair. Uh, because Ocon shouldn't be disadvantaged and Verstappen gets penalised by being put two, two good places back and how he gets to be ahead of Verstappen. So I think it's the right thing to do, just a strange, weird way of doing it. Uh, and obviously there's no kind of precedent or rules to like, say this should happen kind of thing. So, yeah, I thought that was correct. Yeah, it was unique and the red flag... Mm gave them the time to organize it and yeah it it was a it was a nice way of avoiding massive twitter arguments and everything <laughs> well, um, really massive twitter arguments no i mean yeah but i think that one's the one with the most consensus if anything mm. in my opinion yeah. that it's kind of like okay cool there's been a penalty but it's it's a it's it, the penalty is upholding racing etiquette and that's the bit that I sort of respected was that it's kind of like, yeah, you give the position back. It's the equivalent of that, but in a situation, a scenario of, of the red flag. And I, I can't remember how soon the safety car was cool from the original crashes, but I think that's, I think it was a little bit longer than we would have expected, but um, hmm. um, it's still not enough time for the staff really to have given the position back in an easy way. Cause it was, it's, it's such an awkward track for that. There's, there were no breaking events until that point. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So then that happened, and we come to race start number three, <laughs> numero tres, lap seventeen. We've had a fair amount happen already. This is where you know where I was like, okay, let's calm down a bit, deep breath, deep breath, <laughs> and we get some you know decent launches from Ocon, great launch from Hamilton to get. Um, alongside Ocon, and then a decent launch from Verstappen, and then a bloody good lunge from Verstappen. <laughs> my, my word. Just like, again, this is a commitment. He just, yeah. And the thing is, with the title on the line, to be doing these kind of moves, mm -hmm. I don't think any other driver would be mad enough to go for it. But <laughs> it just somehow does. Maybe it's because he thinks, or maybe because he knows Red Bull have a slightly slower car, so he has to get ahead, get that track position. But to execute it, to not lock up, to stay in control, stay on the track that time, it was just unbelievable. Uh, the skill it takes, um, cold tyres as well, dirty, dirty side of the, mm. of the of the of the track. It was just a brilliant overtake, one of the overtakes of the season, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, mm. And there was nothing anyone could do. I mean, Hamilton 
probably saw it last minute, so he couldn't block him or anything. You can see it. Probably had no idea it was happening because he was on the outside. So what an overtake from from, from Max. And, I mean, it set up a brilliant race after that, didn't it? (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, I was just going to say, on Max's move, you can compare it to the second start pretty well. Like, the desperation Mm. to be... I think you're right about the Rebel being the slower car. That was my take as well. The desperation to be, I need to be ahead of that Mercedes car, otherwise there's no hope. Um, the second start, there was desperation. He went off track and he came back in an erratic way and so on. In this one, there was desperation just with, okay, well, I'm just going to plant it on the brakes. Um, it was judged to perfection in a brilliant way. And I think um, you can see that Hamilton just sort of go, oh, okay, all right. Um <laughs> And Ocon, I think, said after the race, something along the lines of, I knew they were going to be aggressive with each other. I didn't think they'd be so aggressive with me. <laughs> he was just an innocent bystander being basically like, ah, and now I'm in the championship fight. What um, was that? There was, I did kind of think, I didn't, don't think any of us would have expected Esteban Ocon to be involved in such a key moment of the championship. But anyway, <laughs> um, at this stage, but you're right, it just set up a cracker of a race because it was from then on, it was cat and mouse. Um, we had, we had a, a bottleneck forming behind Ocon, really, in terms of pace. So Bottas was trapped behind Ocon and Ricardo. Um, Ocon, who, you know, is a good racer. Ricardo, who has speed on the straights, is a hard one for Bottas there on this kind of track. Um, and Ocon was on it this weekend, um, which meant that yeah. Lewis and Max were chasing each other off into the distance. Um, and I don't know however long it took for them to get a 20-second lead, but it wasn't... It wasn't um, we didn't have to wait long. Um, it, it was just punch for punch, wasn't it? I mean, we think about Suzuka 2000, Hill versus Schumacher, say, 94 Suzuka. Yeah. So many races this year, we've had Hamilton and Verstappen just going at it, leaving nothing on the table, not saving tyres or not really saving tyres that much. Just think about Bahrain, France, USA, Brazil, and now this. Yeah. This, this might top the whole lot. There's, there's probably a few more that I've, that I've forgotten. So yeah, it's exactly. just, it's just, it was just an absolute war out there. They were, I mean, they were right up against the barriers. They were, they were trying, they weren't quite qualifying laps because you can't do that in modern F1, but they were as close as you could get to qualifying guest lap esque laps in F1. So they went from 33s to 31s ride. in about five laps. Yeah. As the fuel went down, they just got faster. And yep. it was, they were just pushing each other to two the bit. How to do. He had the harder tyre compound. He could push the staff and try to make his tyres wear out, which they did. But the way they drove to not make a mistake, to not mock up, to not go wide, to hit every single apex, that takes some skill. Uh, and yeah, to just that. I, I just love those those proper race battles. And we've had so mm-hmm. many of them this year. And this was this might have been the best. Yeah, this was the purest moment of the Grand Prix and. Obviously, obviously, pure F F one gets thrown around a lot, but it was yeah, like you say, it was just driving attack, yeah. and you could see parts of the track where Verstappen was faster. Like sector one, Verstappen, Verstappen's commitment was just on another level, and he would pull up half a second out in sector one, and then that would be closed by Lewis until the end of the lap, and then the same would happen, and it was more and more and more, and you could see sort of Lewis was having to build up onto those level of onto that level of commitment that Max was just turning off and on like a switch. Lewis having to build up to it. And then Max, obviously, his tyres are going, like you say, they're on mediums. 
And eventually, Lewis Hamilton gets close enough to be in DR DRS range. And that's when we get the, the first attack um, on track <laughs> into turn one. And Verstappen, you know, he's weaving around. He's trying to break the toe, as is his right. And I honestly, I thought this move was going to be completed way before turn one. Mm. I, it was, was it like Brazil, do you think, Freddie? Was it like Brazil? No, I think it was like... Um, there were elements of Brazil, but I think it was like Imola. Um, Imola at the start. The start at Imola. Yeah. And I think that was the intention. No, yeah. I think that was the intention. I think that was Verstappen's intention was to hold on right to the edge and then mm. force Hamilton off track and then he can stay on track. But he got a swapper, took in a little bit too yeah. much speed, which then meant he then forced Hamilton off track, which was therefore as goes the rules, he's forced Hamilton off track. And Hamilton actually then came back and tried to take the apex for Stapp and went straight. Um, yeah. Straight lined it. And I think with that regard, I think, yeah, I think the intention was not like Brazil. I think in Brazil, I think the intention was, oh, look, that bit of runoff, I'm going to drive on that. Whereas this intention was to put Hamilton on the runoff. Do you agree with that? Mm. Does that make sense? I think the intention, yeah, is different, but the way it happened... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's for fair. me, that's, that's why I'm, I don't, I don't get. It. Well, it just brings into question why wasn't he penalised in Brazil? He was penalised there. Right. I just. Oh, oh, that's to bed now because basically we just say, well, the stewards in Brazil were stupid, and I hate to well, say that because I'm, I'm, you know me that <laughs> I'm always trying to be like, okay, cool, let's be a bit. Yeah. But yeah, the stewarding in Brazil was annoyingly cool. wrong, um, which just makes. I mean, this, yeah. Make, but. It, the, it makes it not surprising that it's got to this stage where we can look at that kind of thing. Um, you know, it, it's Max doesn't care if that happens. Mm. And I think that's the, the questionable part for me. So the penalty is absolutely right. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, obviously, yeah. Later on, he was giving the five second penalty. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think the problem is to race like this. It's almost too desperate. It's over the yeah. limit. You can't send it into the corner uh, knowing that your rival has to get out and turn out, turn out of the way to not have an accident. Yeah. And I, I just, it does set a really bad precedent for F1. And it's not racing for me. That's the problem. It's just have a go, go over the limit, see yeah. what happens. If there's a penalty, there's a penalty. And I wasn't a fan of it. And I love Max Verstappen. I, I, I think he's fantastic for the sport. But mm -hmm. he, this in Brazil, I, I cannot defend his driving. I think he's taken it a bit too far from me. And I know there's a championship on the line. He's willing to do anything. And it's, and it's aggressive. It's, it's flamboyant. It's exciting. But I think there's got to be that respect of racing. I think he respects Hamilton, but when they're on the track, the fact, I think, it, yeah, it's, it's respecting the racing, it's respecting the way, the, I think he would do it against anyone, whoever he's, he's against. Yeah, yeah, it, I do. If you're in a title fight, but I just don't think he can be allowed to for this to continue, to, to just send it into a corner and just take the run off or take out his, his rival, if, if his rival doesn't get, get out of the way. So that is my problem. I think, do you think there's, um, 
a space for these two to be sat down and have sort of rules of engagement dictated to them um, from sort of Formula think... One bosses, from like the FIA presidency level, that kind of thing. I don't really... see how the staff listens. I, I mm-hmm. think... And this is why I'm always a big fan of penalising incidents because if you if you're more strict, it's it's better to be that way than than like lenient, for example. So yeah, it's tricky. I just I think I just think from what we've seen with the staff and recently, I just don't see how he changes. And I agree. I, I don't know. I don't know how he's going to change. I don't. I don't know how he's going to change. This is is this just going to be the new way of racing? I hope not because I don't. I don't think it's fair. And Hamilton is, himself has drawn into that style a little bit, not as much, obviously, but he himself is becoming a lot more aggressive. So you know, and, and we both love this title fight. We love the yes chaos, the controversy, the excitement. But I think there's got to be a limit in terms of having racing, and mm-hmm. what we saw on Sunday wasn't racing for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I, I think Sunday, yeah, Saudi Arabian Grand Prix just kind of put sort of a, a, the cherry on the cake of kind of crazy attacks and stuff like that. And um, it's different on a start and that kind of thing because, you know, that's where a lunge is, is a lunge. But in this kind of situation, at full speed, at full pelt, to just do something mad, I... I mean, yeah, it's, 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 um, the whole kind of thing that kind of stems to me is that, like, yeah, Max isn't scared to crash. And I think scared's the wrong word to say, um, because obviously they're none of them are scared, but, um, Max kind of, I don't know, he's like, like, he, he like dares the other driver to crash into him. Hmm. Like, he, he, like, he, it's sort of like he's trying to, um, just incite a reaction from Lewis that is just like, fine, I'm not going to turn out today. And he's like, oh, look at him. And then he can go on, like, oh, Lewis turned in on me and that kind of thing. And mm. I feel like it's kind of like, I mean, the one time where, where Lewis kind of was like, well, hang on a second, I'm not going to um, just be bullied by you. Max ended up in the wall at Cops and that kind of thing. <laughs> so um, there's, there's a lot more to it and that it's like Max is trying to dare that to happen again I don't think there's that much premeditation to it I just kind of get the impression that he doesn't really care about that kind of thing like as well he doesn't really care that um I, I think it's because he knows have a go at him oh, I think so, it's because yeah. he knows he can't he can't win uh at the moment because he's got the slower car so he's got to be ahead to have any chance he can't fight back it's, you know we saw that if Hamilton overtakes him, he can't get him back unless he does it immediately. So then the race is gone. So that is why he's driving so desperately. I guess that's why he's so ultra committed in qualifying because he knows he has to start ahead or be ahead. Yeah. And that is why he's doing it. That's why in Brazil we saw what we saw. So then that's part of the reason as well. Because if you knew he had uh, a car that was capable of fighting Hamilton, lap lap staying with him. I don't think he'd be quite as aggressive, but he's kind of been forced into it. And with the championship situation, it's all, all or nothing for him at the moment. He, he, and he doesn't have the car to fight Hamilton if he's if he's behind. Yeah, 
Yeah, and he's shown that patience is he can drive with that style, and France is an example and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, it, it seems it seems to me that exactly what you're saying is right, really, on that. So yeah, so as we've discussed a couple of times in this podcast, racing etiquette came into play after this, which is the sort of situation of having to give up the position, return it to the rival, or at least give it up to the rival because of the nature of holding the position, which in this case was deemed illegal. Race control say, okay, hand over the position to Lewis, to Rebel. Rebel then say that to Max, and then Max, and crucially on the radio message from Jean-Pierre Lambiassi, GP, Max's engineer, um, they say, okay, you need to give Lewis the position, um, um, do it strategically. And that's the key word, strategically. Um, but I mean, yeah, they're complying with race control's instructions, A. Um, B, they want to do it in a decent way so that they're still in the fight. I don't want to just pull over and say, oh, bye, Lewis, win, win the race, have a good one, mm. nice knowing you. They, they want to still be in the fight. So um, that then led us to um, the final kinky back straight, um, the DRS detection zone back for... Straight. It is a kinky back straight because it's a back straight with a kink <laughs> in it. But actually, it's, it's more of a long, long corner. Um, it's like the M25 for our London listeners. Um, yeah, when there's no one blocking the roads to try and protest about. <laughs> that was a nice topical reference um <laughs> but yeah and then so then max then slows down but lewis slows down as well lewis doesn't know what's going on why is max slowing down mercedes have only just been told by race control um that max is going to give them the position they're just relaying it to the engineers at this current position current situation they haven't had opportunities to tell lewis he's giving you the position he's giving you the position lewis then is like oh no max is being weird he's doing something strange he's panicking lewis doesn't really know what's going on because he's you know max has kind of scared him with the way he races today i think you can kind of see that and then um lewis finally goes to pass with max's kind of sort of erratic breaking style and then max and kind of breaks really harder to kind of just say get past me lewis at that point just drive past me as lewis then sort of accelerates to go past him two come together bam loses in the back of max and at this point i thought they were both decimated cars um it was a really weird situation that but then then max is like what and then drives off and then it was just like what and drives off now that there's a two second gap with max in the lead again but yeah nigel thoughts on that when it happened i think they're both in the wrong equally for that one okay uh i think they both knew, and I think they both admitted to this, with the DRS yes. where it was, that they didn't want to be ahead. So I think Verstappen slowing down is fine. And I think Hamilton not overtaking him is... It's more on him because I think it's about the attacking driver in that sense, the driver who's behind. So like he, what he should have done was gone alongside... But, Slower that he's still behind, so we should have gone like, like that kind of thing. If you watch it on YouTube, uh, if you're mm. not watching on YouTube, watch on YouTube so you can see what I'm doing. Uh, so, yeah, we don't have a timestamp for that either, but anyway, yeah, it's not 45 minutes in. Uh, actually, yeah, check so, the audio, you know, your timestamp, yeah. So, 
I, I think they're both equally wrong. And I think the break test, as it's been called, the staff... I know because he's, he's, I'm not sure because okay. he's, he's okay. trying There's to get out of the way. Isn't he? This. There's a crucial part on this, which um, mm. comes from the stewards' decision, which came um, after the race, which uh, was um, so basically they, they, they didn't, um, they weren't too, I think they probably turned a little bit of a, a frown on when they saw the when they heard the phrase strategically because it's like okay yeah it's obviously a little bit of gameplay here which they're all you know it's fine to have a bit of gameplay that's but they're in a sport it's a game yeah um, that's what Bottas was doing earlier in the race exactly and there's there's elements of it that are unsporting and uh penalizable and elements of it that aren't um but basically um the stewards document lays it out as car 33 is slowing and then has a sudden, sudden braking and significantly as a, as a 2.4 G deceleration. And it says here it's 69 bar of pressure, which is, a you know, that's a, that's a sudden then quick stopping, slowing down basically. Um, so they say, they, they say, whilst accepting that the driver of car 44 could have overtaken car 33 when that car first slowed, we understand why he and the driver of car 33 did not wish to be the first to cross the DRS. However, the sudden braking by the driver of car 33 was determined by the stewards to be erratic and hence the predominant cause of the collision. And obviously then that was given a 10 second penalty because of the way the braking occurred later down the line. They were fine with the gamesmanship um, element of it and that kind of thing. And they were fine with that from Hamilton, really. They say, okay, that's fine that you don't want to pass him. So they, that's, they throw Hamilton off the hook there. What do you think if to that? Hamilton's not right behind him though. There's no contact. If Halter's to the side, like I say, and the staff and breaks, then there's no contact. So that's why I think they're both in the row. I think the staff and breaking, he can just argue he's trying to get out, you know, make sure Halter gets through. And I think that's okay. Do you not think that the fact that then it's just the when he's like behind him and then it's suddenly erratic then? Do you not think that is arguably more but then more, you should say Halton shouldn't be right behind him in that situation because I don't think it is weird no, 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 to not, be not, not in that right regard in that, in, that, in that regard if Hamilton is behind it is like you say right behind him not along not uh, alongside him on a different line of the track um, for then Verstappen then to break erratically and then break suddenly harder is that then not more penalizable for Verstappen's side what if Hamilton is alongside is, is it then a break test no if Hamilton is rightly behind and then Verstappen then breaks hard, which is what they're saying in the stewards' note. Uh, I, hope, I hope I'm being I'm, clear with that. I'm not sure. Because that, that's the kind of thing that tips me in, okay, I kind of tips me in favour of the stewards' decision here. Because then the, they sort of, the, the way they describe the um, erratic breaking and the really hard breaking to come at such a point when that's then when Hamilton's behind... And um, it then sort of is a half break test and a half frustration of go past me now, all right? That kind of thing. Um, I don't see it as frustration. I see it as he's trying to let him through. That's how I see it. And oh, then, yeah, frustration at him not going past. Um, and that I kind of thing. Last, uh, that's the that, last that's, effort to let him through. I see, I, yeah, I, I'm kind of seeing it as a bit more... Well, I'm agreeing with mostly what the stewards have said, and they've got access to a lot more than me. But um, yeah, uh, 
I do think, yeah, it, it's confusing that Lewis didn't pass him. But I think, yeah, at the end of the day, they're both playing a game. And um, that's why I think they're both wrong. Because I think they're both. I think they're both fine to play the game. Are you okay with? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think, I think that's fine. But I think they're both wrong as well. They're both right and wrong. Like the both. Mm. I don't think anyone's to play yeah. because if one of them the, doesn't the play the game, the penalty is not for that. The penalty is for the breaking. But the breaking is part of it, isn't it? Well, because like if you're if you're not on the throttle, on the straight. Well, no, no, it's, it's, it's like, like it's not like when you say say it's theoretically, let's say an overtake is happening, and then there's a collision because mm. of the overtake. The overtake is fine, and going for the overtake is fine, but the result of the way it happened is what's penalised. That kind of thing. So in this, it's fine that you're breaking. It's fine that you're letting them through. It's fine that you're doing it for. DRS and you're being strategic but you've done it in an erratic manner and a weird way and that's caused a collision the, 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 it says fact car 33 breaks in a manner which caused a collision with car 34, 44 even in turn 26 lots of numbers there bloody hell but anyway um, that's, but do you, you think the breaking's fine you've just said haven't you I think the braking is erratic and I agree with the stewards oh, statement. Erratic. I, but yeah I think, I think and that's what's being penalised that's what's been penal. I think it's fine to to um play the game with the DRS detection. That's fine, um, and that's arguably actually quite clever in my opinion. Um, mm. But I think the way it's been done by Verstappen is like as the stewards know erratic, and I think then I understand the penalty. This is not erratic from Hamilton to not build, but to not be in a better to not have tried yeah, overlap. It's not, he's, that's not, I mean, like, I don't think it's, it's not, you're not allowed, it's not like, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. No, because it's difficult, it's difficult. It's kind of like, because his, his, the predominant cause of the crash was, so Hamilton then goes to go past, and then Verstappen suddenly slows more. I think, I need to see a bit more of this, but there's nothing saying that then Hamilton is accelerating then, it's just going He's, it's saying that Verstappen is then breaking harder in comparison to Hamilton's movement to try and go past. And that's what's caused the crash there. And I think, yeah, I mean, great test or not, I don't think there's any, to be honest, yeah, as I'm speaking it out loud, I'm help, it's helping me sort of figure out my opinions a bit more. I don't think there's malice. I don't think there's brake test. I think I, it's just clumsy from both drivers. I, I think, think it's clumsier from Verstappen. Yes, I, I all right. Sixty forty Verstappen. That's what I'll say. Okay. Really much. No, I'm. Would I'm, I'm weighing it more it? to Verstappen. I'm. I'm not sure if I would have penalised it though. That's why. Fair enough. Uh, I mean, it I think it's just so weird, isn't it? Second penalty. <laughs> it's just so weird. I mean, well, is, is it should he have been given a grid penalty rather than a, than a time than a meaningless time penalty? That's another thing. Um, well, I think because he finished the race, it's no grid penalty. Simple as. Yeah. Um, okay. that's just that's that. I think to me that's fair enough in that regard. Okay. Um, and really, he's finished second in a broken car with 15 seconds worth of time penalties. Like it's not like they haven't penalised him across. Yeah, this that's race. the thing. Yeah, um, just, like, yeah. 
it, it, it's... there's a bigger there's a bigger story with Verstappen, I think, and the way he races and whether it's as we've touched on. Yeah, because uh, this is this is just another part of it. There's an as, there's a level of desperation in mm. the way he's trying to just slow to let a car past, and that's yeah, I, 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 that's problematic in my opinion. There, um, yeah, and, I mean, yeah, and so, then and then he did let him past. Was it the next up or a couple of laps later? Well, and then, that's, and then he overtook it, him straight back. <laughs> now this is where it gets kind of confusing in my memory. Um, so, so, yeah, so he got a two second gap. Ahead. He's got a two second gap. He's pushing. He's pushing, and I think they're contemplating. Can we hold this gap? I think they think, okay, well, Lewis is mm. going to have to pit. We need to push. And they give that a lap or two for Mercedes to kind of evaluate their, what, whether they're going to pit. And they think, okay, this is holding up. And then Rebel see, oh, actually, Merck is, still has the pace, which I think is <laughs> so surprising. Oh, my God. I thought Hamilton was – I thought Verstappen was going to win the championship at that point. Um, but <laughs> really, personally – and then, but Hamilton's still able to close. And that's when Rebel then go, okay, now we are going to give him the position. Which is where you were, what you were just talking about. Yeah. They do give him the position. Hamilton goes In the by, same location. But then Verstappen just dives down the inside. And that's when, that's when I laughed while I was watching. He just dives straight back down the inside. And takes the lead. And that's DRS down the main street. Yeah. Um, the first thing I thought was Belgium 2008. Yeah, me then, too. <laughs> about five seconds later, he was out, so he had the five-second penalty for what we talked about about two hours ago. <laughs> so, which is fair enough, which is fair enough as well. Because so, yeah. there have been so much messing around trying to get that position to Hamilton mm. and so on, and they've been obviously there have been contact and that kind of stuff. And then at points, Verstappen was actually deli- – and Rebel were deliberately put, trying to pull away and not give the position back and really – then it's just like, oh, this is like, okay, you've had your chance now. We've had, a, we've had enough now. Penalty. Do you think that's fine? Do you think because there was a, an attempt, then I mean, that, that shouldn't have been there? I think the, yeah, I, I think that was fine. I, I think that was fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it was done the right way. I think. Yeah. I think yeah, that I, they gave, I'd, I'd they gave the opportunity, was. which is the bit that I mm. think. Yeah. They gave the opportunity. They gave the opportunity a couple of times, I'm pretty sure. So, I think that's fine as well. Um, so then Max is in the lead again. Um, well, then he lets him through <laughs> for some reason. Now, why, why did he do it? Why do you think he did that, Freddie? Oh, I, I mean, I think probably I think that was in a response to the final corner thing. Mm. Where he's, um, oh God, there's so many things happening at that bloody corner. Um, <laughs> the, the one where he took the lead again I think right. they consider that to be a bit too cheeky um, right. we, so you think Spa he took the lead again properly yes right okay. Spa 2008 okay. is obviously rings true in a lot of fans minds um, mm. at the end of the day that was a what was it a 25 second penalty oh, off my head stupid. yeah they did, well, I mean, we didn't have 5 and 10 second time penalties these, those days did we so I think it's, no, it it's a Equivalent of a drive-through, I think it was. I think okay, it was so that could have well. Yeah, and they were weird back then because of um, yeah, a twenty-five yeah. second penalty. I, I, weird back I, then because of those left. penalties. I, I prefer. Them. I know. Yeah. I was thinking earlier today. When was the last time we had a drive-through penalty? And I think it was Austria. I think it was because Yuki Tsunoda crossed over a 
line or something. But I can't. He might have just got two five-second well, penalties. Drive through for that. Well, <laughs> no, he probably didn't. Then he probably didn't. I'm probably completely wrong. Maybe it was Stroll. I don't know. I can't remember the last drive-through penalty. And when I was watch, started watching F1, it was drive-through, 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 mm. and that kind of thing. And I was like, "That's a decent penalty. It's a penalty." Other motorsport series as well. They still they don't really have these five, ten, seven drivers. They have just have drive-throughs or stop and goes. So yeah. But anyway, exactly. that's another. That's another. That's a, yeah. Oh my lord, that's another day. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we have the situation. Now this is where Hamilton is a bit cheeky himself because he crowds were stepping out a bit. But given yes. everything else that happened, it was a nothing incident, if you can even call it an incident, when he pushed Verstappen wide, and which meant Verstappen couldn't get on the power and attack down back to turn one. So, mm. I think, and Halton talked about how difficult it was to stay cool. I think that was the only small crack he had when he just thought, I'm going to make sure he doesn't, you know, get back at me. Yeah. And then, so he, he, did, he did that. And I don't blame him. Whether it was right, I mean, compared to like I said, what happened before, it was nothing. So I think it was fair, and and, and the stewards with some of the decisions this year, I think, are saying that those kind of things are fine. It's no different to what Verstappen did in Imola or Spain at, at the start, really. Well, that so move was I then was fine. That move was then obviously deemed borderline black and white flag, which is fine yes. then, isn't it? Um, yeah. Black and white flag is okay. That's nearly over the line. Watch your, hold your horses. Mm. And nearly black and white flag is then, okay, that's nearly, nearly over the line. Mm. Hold your horses again. Um, so, yeah, which says, okay, we understand. Okay, that's good. Don't push it. And that's a fine thing to say. And, I mean, we don't, we don't know how much of that was broadcast. We don't know how much of, like, whether that's kind of a hold your horses message to Rebel. Probably is, mm-hmm. um, I would say based on that situation but yeah um and i think yeah i think you're right about how it's trying to stay cool i wouldn't <laughs> and yeah well i guess what that was the end of the controversy uh and then how the mercedes car stayed intact the mercedes front wing after that hit uh, i mean they must have they built an absolute tank quite badly <laughs> but to hit the red ball not damage the front wing as we saw uh, that's why I find F1 crashes so weird that's why I find F1 crashes so weird because Bottas at the start of the Hungarian Grand Prix kind of tapped the back of Lando Norris and then the front of his car disintegrated and his wheels <laughs> in the air and everything this, Hamilton's been on the throttle lightly on the throttle, not high speed really um, and Verstappen's then become a brick wall in front of him and he's got minor end plate damage which like you say, Ocon's already biffed and then it's just like, oh, oh, he's going faster. What are you doing? Yeah. Well, it's just, it must be the certain parts of the back of the car that hit him, which is more uh, susceptible to damage mm. or, or, or the impact. It must be that. But the way that held up, uh, I mean, if he did have to change his front wing, that, I mean, that would have just created even more drama, I think. God knows I think, what would have happened. But, yeah. I think looking back at it, I think really... The contact he made with both the cars he made contact with with that same part of the front wing was just tires. Is that right? Ocon was tire and the floor, which is why it sparked a little bit, um, as in the the ground, not the car floor. Mm-hmm. And then Verstappen was that the 
rear wheel of Verstappen, or did he, do you think? He I got... didn't think it was, but I've not seen it for about twelve hours. <laughs> so no, I think I think Verstappen I was worried about a puncture, but he didn't get one. So that's where I'm a bit like, oh. Mm. But Possibly. either way, yeah. beef. Given what happened, I don't think there's such thing as a deserved result, but I think it was the right result with Hamilton yeah. because. With, with it felt the correct. Way just, like, just like Brazil, just like that incident there. I think I said a similar thing. Mm. Uh, and, you know, I, I love both drivers. So, but I think the important thing for Verstappen is that he did finish second. So he will lead, so he does lead the championship because yes. he count back because of more wins. Yes. And that is, in a way, a result for him because he didn't have the pace to win. He, he, he'd argue. So, yeah. Yeah, what a you're right. Crazy, crazy. 30 or 45 minutes stop from the red flags that final overtake was. <laughs> much screaming occurred from me. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so much. Um, I couldn't really believe what I was seeing. And it's the only time when I've, mm, arguably the second time watching Formula One where I felt like it was being taken into their own hands in a way that mm. was... A little bit worrying. That was the first time. Mexico 2016, when Vettel oh. then had a had a rage quit, um, but that was for about two laps, and then he kind of sat back and was like, "What the hell did I just do?" And mm. he had a little bit of introspection and retrospection mm. as well, um, mm. and also the right decisions were made that day. But anyway. Um, that's the only other think, time in the moment. I think this championship fight, I feel like this is what Senna and Schumacher would have been like, I feel. I feel this, we're, we're getting it now. We're getting it 17 years on. Because I think this is different to Senna and Prost. Senna and Prost were less instance than this. Uh, they just didn't speak to each other. That's yeah. what, The off-track was yeah. the, what made Senna and Prost. Dude, the off-track, yeah, was yeah. bigger. Whereas this... And like both teams as well, Mercedes and Red Bull, like those days, Ferrari and McLaren, I don't think it was this heated. Whereas Mercedes and Red Bull, is, it's an absolute war off the track between Horner and Wolf and yeah. the engineers and everyone. It is just a titanic battle. It is just off the scale how intense it must be in that paddock for the last few weekends. And God knows what Abu Dhabi is, is going to be like. Oh, it's going to be a fire pit. Um, it's going to be madness, is Abu Dhabi. Um, yeah, I've got, I've got, is there any way it's going to be clean? Yes, yeah, <laughs> I think, I think, I think it could be clean, mm. it could also be dirty. That's the thing, I don't know. It could go either mm. way. You could have a straightforward race in a really cool way, and you could yeah. have because let's. Let's be honest, the Red Bull did have, I mean, we said slower car. It did have pace here. I think really there's more of an offset on, at the end of the race, there's an offset because they have admitted to thinking there were some cuts in the tyre at the end of on Verstappen's car. That's why he was so much slower than Hamilton at the end. Because at the end of the day, they too, they were, I think the Red Bull was holding better pace with Mercedes and I think would have done if there had been sort of ordinary strategies in a much better way than... And then we saw it in the pole position capabilities, obviously, potential capabilities, obviously argue that as well. I think there's going to be, I think it's going to be way more level than we think it could be in Abu Dhabi. I think the cars are going to be at a, at a, at a keel with each other. I and hope 
Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's, I don't think it's wishful thinking. I think it's coming out of my mind. And we've seen Max Verstappen drive from pole into the distance of that track. We've seen Lewis Hamilton drive from pole into the distance of that track. Um, and we also seen both drivers now um, attempts to cling on to championships in, at the time, considered dirty ways for Lewis and Abu Dhabi and in desperate ways for Max in Jeddah. So who knows? It could, it depends how the race plays out because it could, it could invite desperation and attack and dirtiness or it could yeah. um, invite a proper hard best man wins fight. Well, let's put, without the red flags in Saudi, Hamilton probably would have romped away and there wouldn't have been any chance of Verstappen to attack or, or do anything. So it could be the same way in the, in the final race. It could be. And uh, in the same way, the way we were talking about how um, mature he was in Qatar. Hmm, absolutely. And I mean, the amount of twists and turns. I mean, I've, I've, I've been saying last few weeks that I, I, I was sure there's going to be at least one more twist. Well, we had about 10 different twists over the last 48 hours. <laughs> So, you know, <laughs> they make contact it, like three times. Mad. I know it is, it is crazy. It really, really is great. Oh, it's great. It is great. We oh, breathe wow. it, we live it. To, to be tired on points after 21 races, after thousands of kilometers of racing all over the world, you just it is absolutely perfectly poised. Uh, it's insane. Yeah, just love it. Yeah. 21 races done. 22 in a few days. This time next week, we'll be doing a podcast about what the stewards are going to decide and who's going to be world champion and whether it will be announced <laughs> before the FIA prize gala, I bet. Yeah. Um, yeah. If they announce it there or if they just have a gold envelope moment, like like they resurrect Bruce Forsyth or something. Um, something ridiculous <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> or they get Jean Tot to do it as his last act as FIA president, and he just decides it. Nice. <laughs> there is precedent. Okay. Interesting. I want, there's one thing I wanted to ask you about to sort of close this off, because we are talking about a dirty fight. There is precedent for um, what happens if, if you try to deliberately take someone out in a, in a season finale. And there's one. Well, yes. And that is banned from the, disqualified from the entire standings. Do we think uh, that kind of ruling would be made this time if that's happened? If it's very obvious, yes, but I don't think it'll be obvious. I think it will be like Monza, where mm. you can't really tell. And on, on, on that day, I, I didn't forget anyone was to blame. So no, neither. I think I think it won't be obvious if the Stabben or Hamilton does something. But I also think it's going to be difficult because the way Abu Dhabi is. There's no gravel. There is quite a bit of runoff, even with the new layout. So yeah. I don't see... It's going to have to be a weird incident, I think, for something to happen. And if you had to pick a driver to be given a grid penalty from this race for Bahrain 2022, who would it be? <laughs> That's more what, of a joke. What kind of question is that? <laughs> That's more of a what, joke. How, how That's me saying, do you think could be... Hamilton's got to be careful, in, even in practice, because he's on two reprimands and one more will be a 10-grid place penalty. That is something. Just don't do anything silly. 
in practice, just like we saw, because yeah. he, you know, we've, we've got that Even Friday practice, that must have been, sorry, Saturday practice, wasn't it? Uh, not Friday, it was on some FB3 when he, oh, yeah, Mas- when Lucky he got away, must have Yeah. Uh, I mean, oh, well, um, yeah, he's got to be careful of that, uh, because he, if he does have the fastest car, and like I said, he's just got to execute. And that's what I said before, Sam. If you can execute, get a good start, good strategy, um, he will be world champion, Hamilton. So that's how I see it. All right. Yeah. Well, only one way to find out, and that is to not watch anything and then come and listen to the next episode of the Winging It F1 podcast <laughs> next week, um, where we will spoil it all for you there. Um, oh, Nigel, I've had a ball talking about this race with you. It's been something else this year. Best year in F1, yes? No? Oh, wow. Definitely, definitely. I don't think it'll be better for a while as well. Really. We'll probably continue talking about this for the rest of the week as well until Friday practice in, in Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 2022 is going to be awful. But anyway, um, I cannot wait for Abu Dhabi. Thanks so much for doing this, Nigel. We're going to ju- see you next week, everyone. Enjoy the finale. Don't get too stressed, but we will all be bold by this time next week. (laughs) Goodbye.